Welcome, welcome to this evening's Meet the Artist interview. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Force, uh, San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. And uh, it's always a pleasure to welcome those of you who are here in the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco. This is um, Tuesday, March 6th, and this is opening night of Helgi Thomason's Romeo and Juliet, first choreographed in 1994, so it's becoming um, a sort of a company classic, and we're delighted to have it revived this season. <clears throat> the Center for Dance Education, as you know, sponsors a large number of programs, pre-performance programming and community programming, and many of those are recorded. And so, heads up, this one is being recorded. And you can go to our website, sfballet.org, where you can catch recordings as well as a lot of other really interesting and really informative and really entertaining stuff, including the recordings, videos, <clears throat> updated casting, and press releases. It's a wealth of good information. So this evening, um, I usually start by saying, really feel free to come down closer to the front if you'd like, because that makes us all feel like we're having a little more of an intimate conversation. And you can move into your ticketed seats when we finish. I'm just delighted this evening that we can be in conversation with a couple who you will see later in the week performing in this ballet, who I've had the opportunity to visit with many times, and so it's always a treat when their names come up. Um, so I'm going to be in conversation with principal dancer Sarah Van Patten. Thank you, Sarah. And principal dancer Pierre-Francois Villanova. And they have been seen together already this season. They have been seen together as Romeo and Juliet. So I think the course of this conversation can be kind of fun because we can really get below the surface and talk about the development of your roles and the maturing process that takes place when you have time to develop. I want to start by um, really just going to you, Sarah, and saying this is a role that you really are beginning to be identified with, and you first danced it virtually as a student. Can you fill us in a little bit about that? Sure. Um, good evening. So the first time that I danced Juliet was when I was with the Royal Danish Ballet in Copenhagen, and I was 15. It was John Neumeyer's version of Romeo and Juliet, and I danced the part for two seasons when I was in the company there. Um, and then I joined San Francisco Ballet when I was 17. And soon after that, I would say about two years, maybe I was 19 at the time, Pierre and I danced Romeo and Juliet uh, here in San Francisco for the first time. So Helgi's version. And just about two years ago, I think when I was about 25, I danced it again. And now, at 27, I get to bring the role back to life. And I think that's um, something that we, 
maybe want to have a little more chat about, and that is how the role grow, grows with you as a dancer. But first I want to say, Pierre-Francois, have, you have danced the role of Romeo um, in this company. Did you have the opportunity to study the part outside of this company? Uh, Romeo, uh, I, I did the pas de deux, the balcony pas de deux before coming to the, com to the company, so I was familiar with it. We danced uh, in Paris uh, quite a bit of Romeo and Juliet. I was doing Benvolio at the time. And uh, so I was quite familiar with the story, what I wanted to express in, uh, in it and everything. But uh, the first time I did the full dance was actually here. And when you started doing the role here, as we were talking before, um, it was not with Sarah. <laughs> it was another woman. Um, and so perhaps you can talk about developing the role a little bit um, as you relate to, and it's not real life, it's a part you're playing, so you're developing the role with a different interpretation perhaps, and I'm curious to know if you have some comments about that. Well, the first time I did it was in 2000 and uh, with somebody else. And uh, uh, I was much younger at the time. I didn't have the same life experience. So for me, uh, the, the interpretation was uh, uh, much lighter in some ways, you know. And uh, as the year passed, and uh, you, you experience the new things, and uh, now I feel that uh, there is a... a layers in my interpretation on, the, on my understanding of the, of the character and the story so I can play better with that. Maybe it shows, maybe it doesn't, but I feel it better, you know. Sarah, you were, you said 15, and we understand the Shakespearean character. The story does pretty much come from the Shakespeare play. Um, is maybe 14, how, when you did it as a 14 or 15-year-old, you approached the role in a certain way, and now you have matured however many years. I'm not doing the math. Um, what kinds of things have you noticed have perhaps changed in your interpretation? I, I agree with very very much with what Pierre's saying about life experience and how that deepens a role over the years. Um, I would say when I was 15, a lot of the um, kind of gestures were very spontaneous, spontaneous and um, very honest because I was actually that age and um, it was all happening for the first time. So I think, um, and that changes as you get older, is, is um, having that first love feeling be that spontaneous, that fresh, that um, very exciting and um, kind of all of those emotions wrapped around it. Whereas, you know, towards the third act, um, the death scene, the um, those kinds of areas of the ballet kind of, I've grown a lot more in the past few years that I've been able to do um, those parts of the piece. So I think in the last 15 years or 12 years, um, I've noticed different areas within the work that I've been able to either develop or try to kind of stay um, spontaneous and more honest with. When you um, find yourself, <clears throat> I don't want to get belabor this issue of being mature, but um, 
what are some of the things that you do consciously to make yourself look like a 15-year-old? Pierre-Francois, do you have some ideas? Well, you know, um, each time, uh, I mean, each time it comes back, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling further and further from 15, you know? <laughs> but, um, uh, and, I, I, and I actually wonder, is it going to be believable or is it going to be kind of uh, ridiculous? But um, I have to say, when you get into the story and you hear the music and everything, and I have to say, when you look at your partner in the eyes, you know, and you, you have this connection that happens, it's kind of quite natural to, to, to feel this feeling. It's not like something that you, you, you don't know anymore. It's something you have, that you've experienced when you were much younger, and it's still there in, within you, you know. You don't forget these things, and so it's a good reminder, and so you just put yourself in this frame of mind and uh, go with it. Sarah, would you um, try to tell us who is Juliet? And I'll qualify that by saying you have been Odette, and you have been Giselle, and you have been Tatiana. So here is Juliet, and how do you portray her distinctively? Who is this girl? Well, um, I mean, I think it's it's all in the story, and as Pierre said, in the music, um, and actually in the choreography. Um, oftentimes, um, with work that's done well, um, especially Romeo and Juliet, um, you just need to kind of do the steps and the story will come across. There is an acting element, and of, of course, um, but I think with Juliet, it's, it's very simple. I don't think it needs much more than just, uh, you know, a youthful young girl that falls in love and, and then, you know, we know what the rest of the story holds. I was reading a critique that suggested that she was probably um, in her place in history. She was in a household in which women were had no power, really, and that she would be married off, as is suggested in the story, to Tybalt. Um, no, sorry, Paris, Paris review my characters here, um, but, but her family, their families have arranged this marriage, and yet she somehow rises, this is a feminist critique that I was reading, she rises out of her culture and defies her family, and I wonder um, if you find some sort of strength in that, if that's ever... Um, if you've had to tap into something in your life to be able to be that defiant? Well, uh, I mean, yes, I would agree that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of where you come from in terms of acting comes from your, your life, what you've experienced. And, you know, being a dancer, having chosen this career path, there are many situations where, you, you know, you haven't had the life of the normal society. And so you've had to stand on your own and do things that the rest of the crowd, the rest of the people of your age group are not doing. So in that sense, there are, you know, there are many instances where, you know, every dancer on the stage tonight could definitely relate to a feeling of, you know, needing to stand um, 
alone or stand confidently doing something else in their lives, whereas many other people, you know, just take a different path. Pierre-Francois, the character of Romeo is um, supposed to be the dreamer and the poet. I wonder if um, how that has influenced your interpretation and how do you feel when all of a sudden you have to pick up a sword and defend your honor and so forth? Well, you know, uh, I have to say like Romeo, I, 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 I'm not saying that I am Romeo. I, I mean, in life. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I, I mean, we are artists after all. You know, we like to dream. We do, we, we, we do this job also because we like to dream to experience uh, different stories, a fantasy or, or anything, you know. Uh, now I'm still a boy and picking up a sword and fighting is fun, you know. I mean, I, I'm loving it. Uh, this is one of the, my favorite part of, uh, of the ballet, you know, having, having to, to fight. And this is just a good fight on top of that, I, I think, you know. <laughs> And I suppose that in, again, in that time and in that culture, that kind of swordplay would have been part of your education. Speaking of the swordplay, um, how does that work in, in a stage production? And I know you've now been through it in this production several times, but here comes the ballet and the rehearsals start. How do you approach the fight scenes? Uh, well, we have uh, Marty, Marty and uh, Dexter that, who come. They are uh, fight, fight expert and choreographer. And uh, they teach us the basics of uh, fighting, and like not the choreography whatsoever, but the actual position, defense and attack, how to attack, how to defend. And uh, so we go through uh, some, some exercise like that for a while. And, uh, and then uh, we start uh, learning the choreography. And, you know, and naturally, you know, it's, it looks a little more real than what we would do if it was just like learning the steps, you know. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's pretty fun, you know. It's like a new experience. You learn to do something uh, that you never really thought you would do before. It's nice. I know there's always a little anxiety about um, rehearsing the fight scenes, and I think um, the audience might be interested to know that there is actually a practice before every performance to make sure that everybody is on, I can't say it, I was gonna say on point, um, <laughs> with, the, with the fights. But um, when you are working with cast members, is there an adjustment? Is, there, is that like a partnership in a way? You're totally, yeah. You, you, I mean, we, I've changed T-bolts uh, once, once or twice, but uh, you, you need to rehearse several times because uh, we, the, the relationship is different, so the, the attack is different, the, the, uh, the speed is different, the, the aim is different. And so you create this relationship and this uh, mood in the fight. And uh, I, I remember doing it with Damien. I loved, I loved doing it with Damien because we are pretty good friends, you know, so we have this uh, close report, and uh, it was kind of fun to be on stage and uh, fighting each other. And uh, here with Anthony, now it's, it's totally different because we, we, we get along fine, but we just are not that close of friends. But uh, we develop something that is actually, uh, in a way, a little more um, uh, real in the sense that uh, it's more like a, a real fight, you know, rather than a playful fight, you know. 
Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, you have to rehearse and make sure that uh, you're on par because uh, your accident can happen. <laughs> that was the tantalizing bit that they were waiting for. Uh, for those of you who've come in after we started, I'm Mary Wood for San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, and I'm speaking with Sarah Van Patten and Pierre-Francois Villanova, who will appear later this week in the principal roles in Romeo and Juliet. I'm wondering if at this time some of you might want to ask questions and pursue this line or maybe a completely different line of, of thinking. And I see one hand went shooting up right there first. The question is how does this version of Romeo and Juliet differ from a version that you might have done in the past. Each of you has mentioned being connected with a different production. So Sarah, do you want to start? Um, it's very different. I did uh, John Normeyer's version, as I said, um, some time ago, and now with Helgi Thomason's version. It's, it's, a, it's a very different um, take on the story. Also, I mean, the way the sets are used, the costumes also adds adds those kinds of differences. Um, I would say the the transitions that Helgi's has in, in the way the sets move um, add a seamlessness to the story that just, that's really nice that I've um, encountered. I also think that, I, that I've been doing this, this version for so long and I've grown in this version, it seems um, very natural for me, so I I feel a little more comfortable um, in doing this choreography as well. Uh, my experience is with uh, Nureyev's, Nureyev's version, which uh, Nureyev is known to have a step on every note. So it's like there is no room really for, you know, I wouldn't say personal interpretation, but uh, more like uh, we don't have time to expand or change experience. You have to do the steps and the steps uh, are meant to tell the story and the emotion. Within the, emotion, the steps you can maybe do something but not really. With Helgi's version there is a lot more time to actually interpret and come up with your own story, with your own character, your own mood. And uh, this is for me the main difference between the two. I would comment that did each of you did each of the versions you were associated with, um, were they staged to the Prokofiev score? Mm -hmm. Because there are other scores that have been created and that really changes probably the interpretation a lot. We really associate the Prokofiev here in San Francisco. Your question. That's a great question. She says um, she has been an audience member for many, many years. Um, Pierre-Francois has been here 14 years, Sarah 10. Um, and the question is, what makes you stay or choose to stay with this company in San Francisco? Uh, when I joined San Francisco, I mean, I was actually looking for a company in, uh, in America. I, I, di I didn't know which one exactly, but uh, coming from Paris, we have this uh, 
wide range of choreography from very classical to very contemporary, and I, I really was wanting to find something like that, something sizable also. I didn't want to go in a very small company. And uh, when I came here and uh, I saw the repertoire, the quality of the dancers and the theater, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And uh, so when I joined, uh, I knew I would stay. I mean, this is also my personality. I'm not changing company very often. I like to have a base and stay stable. And uh, so I knew when once I got here, that I wouldn't move for a long time. But this is for all those reasons also. Sarah? I would agree um, with what attracted me to the company. It was definitely the repertoire, the dancers, the facilities, the theater. Um, and then once I got here, I was also 17. Um, you know, and over a few years, it also becomes a home, San Francisco, and now I couldn't imagine living anywhere else as well just because it's such a beautiful city. So I think different things in your life start to also become very important, which also keeps you where you are. And so I think now it's also kind of evened out in terms of as a whole. Good. Thank you for that. Yeah. The question uh, directed specifically to Pierre-Francois is, uh, was well, both of them. Okay. First, Pierre-Francois, um, what drew you into dance, and uh, where are you from other than Paris? Well, actually, I was born in northern France, uh, in Lille, and um, my parents, uh, when, uh, when I was a kid, wanted me and my brother to do a sport and some music. And... Um, when they asked me what I wanted to do as far as sports, I had just seen a ballet on TV and I really liked it. So I said I want to do, to do ballet. And this is, uh, this is how it started, really. And uh, nobody in my family was an artist or a dancer whatsoever. And um, it was just uh, out of the blue like that. Sarah? Well, I traditionally just started because I was a young girl and wanted to take ballet classes and gymnastics and whatnot. Both my parents were actually artists. My mother was a dancer and my father was a musician. Um, so they were all for me dancing. And then when I, you know, kind of decided that that's definitely what I wanted to do, I was maybe 10 or 11. They were very supportive and behind me, so... And if I recall, you're from uh, Massachusetts. Yes, sorry, Boston. No, that one, yeah. He's asking Sarah to comment on the fact that although a little while ago she said um, the acting was pretty straightforward, when he saw her do it two years ago, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, um, he 
thought it was more impressive than that. And um, that he wonders if you would just speak a little bit to how the actual emotions and portrayal of the mood of the moment, is it in the steps or are you actually um, being coached and does it come from within to, to act? I think what I meant when I said straightforward was that it's just, um, it should be simple. So it is in the steps, it is in the music. And when you come out in the first entrance, you're giddy, you're laughing, and you're just playing around. And that's all that it is. And so it doesn't, and so I think what I mean by that is just to keep it very pure, very much in the moment of what's happening. Um, and I think in that way, the transitions within the story and the levels of how the character changes from this very youthful, naive young girl into a more mature woman in the third act will be very clear. Um, and I think when the, uh, those things start to get muddled and maybe aren't as, maybe I shouldn't have said straightforward, um, is when I, I don't think the story is as clear as it can be. Um, over to this side again. Yeah. Have you ever visited the place in Italy, which I believe is Verona, where the ballet takes place? And if so, did that influence you? If not, I have not, unfortunately. Me neither. I've <laughs> I have to say I have. Oh. <laughs> and we actually walked by, and it's so unassuming. There's this little street, and there's this little front, and there's this itty-bitty little balcony. And then there's this little bitty plaque that says, that's Romeo, or Juliet's balcony. Um, I don't know that it would have inspired the passion that we see. <laughs> um, and it may have been hyped up a bit. This was a good 40 years ago. Um, we have time for one more question. Okay. I think the question, and I'm, unfortunately it's a question that could have a lengthy answer, so I'll ask you to keep it brief, but um, there are four Juliets, four Romeos, and each one has a very, very different way of portraying, for example, the rejection of Paris as your suitor. Um, how much leeway are you given in making the choices you make for that interpretation? Um. Luckily, uh, we're coached in a way to make sure that, ev I mean, everyone's going to bring a completely different interpretation naturally, just because we look different, we're physically different, 
And just because of that, and we all dance different, so just because of that, it's it, we're going to have a whole other thing to bring to the stage. And I think that's one thing that, you know, the coaches here really embrace and Helgi embraces is that each of us Juliets, he'll take in a studio alone and we'll develop the character because you can't honestly develop this character like someone else would because then it wouldn't be true to the way you would dance the role. And I, I think it's wonderful that we all watch each other and you can learn things from others and from people who've done it before. But ultimately, I think it's something that um, is a very personal experience that you need to take time and think about the part and how you would individually um, portray the role that you're given. I wish we had more time. I want to thank, okay. Did you have an important comment to make? No. Um, <clears throat> I would like to thank Pierre Francois and Sarah Van Patten for joining us this evening. <clears throat> and thank you all for being a great audience, great questions, and I know you'll enjoy the performance. Thank you.